Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. We just finished filming another Sporty Spirits for you guys. And I dare to say the best flavored of them all. I am a mojito lover though, so I I feel like I'm highly biased. I had Scotty come down and try it as well, and he also said that is the best one we've made so far. So uh, you know what, Richie? I think we are getting closer and closer to being official bartenders in the Sporty Nation here because of the fact that our drinks just keep on getting better, I feel like. I still don't have all of the proper utensils, uh-huh. but I do feel like not everyone in the Sporty Nation has the proper utensils, uh-huh. so they can just do the same thing we did and use what they have around the house. We used um, an ice cream scooper, which um, is something that I think everyone should have. If you don't have an ice cream scooper, I'm very sad for <laughs> you. Um, what do you? How do you get your ice cream out? Is my question. Do you eat ice cream? Yeah. If you don't eat ice cream, that's even sadder. I think that's what the thing is there, but it's people who just don't eat ice cream. But there are like non-dairy options for ice cream out there, right? Oh, yeah. That's a, I, I'm not, me and dairy don't particularly like each other. Well, I like dairy. It just isn't like me. And, um, you know, I, so I have a lot of non-dairy ice cream. Mm-hmm. So there is ice cream out there. You can also do sorbet. Mm-hmm. Shaved ice. Exactly. So you should have a, a, a some sort of a scooper at your disposal. And that's what I use to, to muddle the, the limes and the and the mint at the bottom of the mojito. And uh, we used Kraken rum this time, the regular uh, black spice Kraken rum. And it's perfect. It's perfect for this mojito. It's so good. Um, I'm not that big of a rum drinker. Like that's sort of like maybe a rum and Coke once in a while. Right. Uh, I do love me some mojitos. I do drink them uh, from time to time. Corey and I used to uh, drink mojitos for her birthday. And that was our that was our picture for a couple of years, whereas we, we drank mojitos, I believe, for like two or three straight years there. Yeah. The, with the exception of my first one, because that was an AMF, because <laughs> I it was midnight. I just turned 21. We were young. And, we were young and, and it was like, let's, let's go for it. But then, yeah, it was all mojitos after there because then it was my, like, actual uh, – everyone has their certain alcoholic drinks that they just always lean towards. And, I mean, I, I usually either go – if there's a place with a mojito, I will do a mojito first. Um, if I'm usually at any type of Mexican food restaurant and I'm not feeling like a mojito, I'll get a margarita. And then um, if I'm out and about at 
bars and that type of stuff, I'll usually do a Jack and Coke or last night, a vodka soda. Those are kind of my ones that I always go to and everyone always has those. Yours just probably has anything to do with whiskey, right? Anything whiskey in it, yes. I usually, lately it's been Jack and Coke because it's been the easiest thing to drink and order and it's super simple. So I don't usually do anything too crazy. Unless I'm going to a fancier place and I like old fashions. Those are my two. Those right at the moment is old fashioned. If it's a, a, uh, a fancier bar or restaurant, because it takes a while to make. And, and so if, if I'm sitting down for a while, I'll drink an old fashioned, um, which I believe. No, I don't even have that. I, I did have an old fashioned when we went to all time low. Yes. Mm. But I did not have it when we went to um, Angels and Airwaves because we were running a little on time because I was running late because I couldn't find a parking spot. So I think I just had Jack and Coke there. But yes, Jack and Coke, Old Fashioned, those are my two go-tos. Yeah, I at uh, Angels and Airwaves, I had a Jack and Coke. And then at uh, All Time Low, I had a margarita. So it, it was right on par for me. Um, I will say the one thing I have added, though, and I can thank you for this. And I can also thank Brothers Bond for this. Mm-hmm. I have really gotten into um, highballs. Like those I've all of a sudden really gotten into. And I have, I love combining Brothers Bond. And it's, it's just literally um, whiskey and uh, ginger ale. Mm-hmm. And I just love combining the Brothers Bond with uh, some ginger ale. I actually did a Woodford Reserve um last episode or our our three-part episode that you'll actually be hearing the third part after this episode so Mm -hmm. you've heard the um our whole conversation about the red album you've heard our uh richie's rebuttal to any of our conversation that we had um when he was gone with just scotty and i and um the third final part that you'll be hearing tomorrow will be us doing a Taylor Swift draft. I thought we were picking a top three initially from the Red Album, so I was not prepared for this. Luckily, it was Taylor Swift. There's very few things in this world um, that I could have done that on, and luckily Taylor Swift was one of them. So that that will be coming out tomorrow, um, or if you're listening to this later, it's out now. But um, So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy all of that. We've really enjoyed... Um, the Red Album coming out, because I feel like it kind of took over the entire world at this point. Yes. Um, I mean, one of the other people that I love and adore is Blake Lively. Um, and, you know, there's supposed to be a music video coming out that she wrote with Taylor and uh, she directed. So I'm I'm all in for that as well. So it's just been constant. So we had to say something about it. Um, there's no way that's we couldn't just say something about it. So uh, you'll be hearing that tomorrow and you'll also be getting another Sporty Spirits. Gosh, we must love the Sporty Nation as of recent. We just felt like giving everyone a bunch of content. Exactly. Yeah. And here's, and the best thing about it too, is that um, we are entertaining you instead of just doing Coyotes five days a week, like some other podcasts do. We, we entertain the shit out of you along the way which is our whole aim, right? Like I dare any other Coyotes podcast to do an entire 35 minutes, actually closer to an hour's worth of content just on Taylor Swift alone. Nobody, nobody else can do that. 
Nobody else will do it locally, Coyotes Podcast will either, and nobody else will do it across the Hockey Podcast Network either, except for you and I. And we are doing it while drinking our uh, our delicious mojito tonight. And um, and that's why we hope you, you are in as, as entertained listening to it as we were as entertained recording it because it was our longest episode. Let's go behind the curtain. We we didn't we recorded for an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Closer to two hours because of some technical difficulties, and I managed to spill my beer on my bed, and so I had to wash my sheets in the middle of the yeah, episode. Yeah, well, my technical difficulties is I forgot to turn my mic off mute. So if you want to know how far gone we were, I didn't turn my mic off mute, and Richie spelt beer all over his bed. So it mm-hmm. was uh, quite the adventure of the podcast. Yes, and uh, and you're going to hear all of it again You can, uh, if you're listening to us now. Go back and catch up on what you missed. If you want to hear us talking about Taylor Swift, Coyotes, or uh, you want to listen to our song draft, which is again coming out on Tuesday. So we figured, though, we do want to, we did want to do another episode here on Monday to kind of keep the flow of things for everybody as we blast out a lot of content. Um, but I think we should talk. Let's transition to talking about the Coyotes, Corey, because we. Um, not much to talk about, but a couple things we're talking about. The first of which is something that we talked about on the Sunday episode, if you listen to that, which we, again, we recorded on third, Friday night, I believe, right? Friday? Yeah, Friday night. We recorded on Friday night. So we recorded it prior to the game on Saturday, which the Coyotes lost to the Nashville Predators. So we didn't get a chance to talk about Jacob Chickren's first goal of the season. But he got his first goal of the season in garbage time on the power play against Nashville in the third period. And it was something that, as we've, uh, one of our themes so far this season has been the struggles of Jacob Trickren. So to see him actually score his first goal of the season on the power play with the kind of shot that he managed to pull off there was like vintage, vintage Jacob Trickren. And it was nice to see him actually get a, get a goal. The question is will this start something for him? And the fact that it is, we had talked about how much of his play that he was missing was a comfortability, almost like a cockiness to it. And he did not have that whatsoever. The season is that going to be the first one to start all of this? I don't think that, you know, just one goal will start a cascading effect. I genuinely think he needs to um, kind of get a few together in order to get that kind of flow and really get that feeling and confidence behind it. Um, I think it's always going to be difficult for him throughout the season anyways because of the fact that he's not going to be on a winning team. So even if you are doing well yourself and your team is still losing, it's still a very deflating. But I think he has to find somewhere deep in him to just settle on his own personal achievements for his own career purposes and his own stats because it's just not going to be good for him in the long run to um, be having such a shitty stat year and I would really love to see him do better just for his own career. And there is no sign that anyone has of him leaving Arizona, but in case he ever did, I would not like that on his value. Obviously everyone knows he was on a shitty team, but he himself has to kind of learn to be a lone wolf and be able to find his own success. Yeah, I, 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 we hinted about it on the last episode, which is how much of it has to do with his confidence. And I feel like you can say that about a lot of Coyotes, too, who 
We saw it with Clayton Keller, right? We saw it with Christian Dvorak when he was here. We see it with Nick Schmaltz, right? A lot of these players who are so streaky that when they get hot and they get their confidence going, they can put up some points and they can play really well and they can be big pieces of this team. Last year, Jacob Chickren was playing with all the confidence in the world. He was playing like an all-world defenseman last year. And the slow start this season had to affect his confidence, and I feel like it was affecting his game because everything wasn't coming as easily as as it had been for him in the past. And with any young player, and Jacob Chickren is still young, right? You're going to have seasons or times like this where you struggle. And so it, in a way, this is a good test of Jacob Chickren's character as a player and as a leader to see if he comes out on the backside of this and, and starts to succeed. And I think at some point he will. And I think getting his first goal like he did is going to be the the first, you know, uh, check mark in order for him to kind of kickstart his confidence level and for him to start producing more like the Jacob Chicken of old. But don't you think that if he has this goal and it, and it feels very classic and old him, but then has a few games after this that aren't so classically him, wouldn't that just bring him back to square one? I feel like that would bring him back to a point of, oh, I, I can do it, but I can't keep it up consistently. It could. And that kind of goes back to like what I just said is, is it depends on the player and how you respond. You know, is he going to go on a 10 game point streak right now? No, but, but at least he, he is going, hopefully at least he is able to show off more confidence. And like I talked about, which is taking those shots like he did on that goal, which was vintage Jacob Trickham, right? Phil Kessel did a great job retrieving the puck um, kind of down low and creating a little bit of space on the power play and, finding Jacob Tricker right in the middle in the wide open slot for an easy, easy shot and goal. It was a great shot by him. And, and um, so hopefully it's just, it's going to take some time. I don't think he's going on a five game point streak by any means, but um, just start racking him up slowly, but surely over a certain amount of time and he'll be fine. Like, do I expect him to put, put up three assists next game? Like Shane Goshich Bear has been doing no, but um, at least get that ball ball started over the next few games and, and then he'll, he'll be fine. Um, Cause right now, you know, he's seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel, which is how good Shane Goshespierre has been obviously in this first little bit of the season. And Goshespierre picked up another assist on that chicory goal too. So maybe Shane Goshespierre will wear off on Jacob Trickern at some point. Well, and he kind of does give a format of here's how to be on this shitty team and still be able to be successful and, and still be able to play your game. And who knows, it could be too that Jacob Chickren feels a little bit out of it of what he's used to system-wise too, because things aren't really moving the way that they had last year or, uh, you know, any type of situation probably that he's been on throughout his, uh, out of his hockey career in general. Um, so I, that could be part of it too. It's funny when you mention Clayton Keller, one of the things that I've always said with Clayton Keller is his lack of confidence is partially because he was never set up to succeed. They always had him playing as a player that he was never meant to be. He was never meant to be a gritty player. He was never meant to be um, your top goal scorer. He wasn't meant to be any of that. He was a, he's a very solid playmaker and is a very, very good at being a critical part of your team, but he is not the superstar and he is not your grinder. He will you know, step up when it comes to, you know, you could see him during uh, that scene last season where um, 
you had Garland kind of giving a little bit of grit and a little bit of energy into all of this. You could see Keller trying to follow in suit. He just doesn't have the size for it. Um, not that Garland had the most size for it either, but uh, Clinton Keller absolutely does not. And it's part of it with him was always the fact that he was put into um, positions in which he was never meant to prosper in. I think everyone kind of hoped that he would be able to adapt and prosper into what they needed him to be instead of what he was. And I've said that so many different times, but it just, in the end, that's always going to be a confidence crusher. There's always going to be things on this team that are going to be a confidence crusher for uh, Jacob Chikorin. And it's a whole new team. So it's hard to get that um, confidence from your teammates as well. But he needs to figure out what it is inside of him that's going to create that confidence and is going to get him into the correct positions on the ice. Because no matter what, if even if his team isn't playing the best, if he puts himself in those positions, he's bound to prosper from them eventually. Yeah, and this is somebody who we're all talking about being the next captain of this team. So um, it's this is where you start to find out where your leadership lies and. and during the course of a season like this. So um, we'll see how Jacob Trickern continues to um, hopefully return to form. So um, a little bit of news, Corey, we were talking a little bit about this before, but um, Mark Borowiecki of the Nashville Predators, um, it was announced by the NHL on Sunday that he is not going to be suspended for a knee-on-knee hit to Dimitri Yaskin in the game on Saturday night. Um, we now know that uh, Dimitri Yaskin, who is back in his first season in the NHL over, after a couple seasons in the KHL, is uh, going to be out for the season, likely, because of this knee-on-knee hit. And the NHL, again, decided not to suspend him. I'm watching the replay of the hit again here, and it's disgusting. Like, it's just completely unnecessary. He leads first with the knee. He doesn't try to body check him at all. And it's it was a completely unnecessary hit in a game that was already out of hand. And the NHL, what they had to say about this was, um, and they had a really crappy explanation, if I may say so myself. NHL player safety says there will be no supplemental discipline for Mark Borowiecki after hearing and review of all available angles. We have determined that Borowiecki is braced for contact and does not extend or otherwise direct his knee into Yaskin in a way that merits future discipline. That's ridiculous. Again, if the NHL Department of Player Safety is not going to do their job, why are they even around? Like, every time something like this happens, they fail to do anything about it. And it's ridiculous. And it's unfortunate. It's frustrating for a guy who's now out for the season that Mark Borowiecki doesn't have any discipline whatsoever other than taking the – I believe he, he – uh, other than taking the penalty he took when it was called in during the live action. So, once again, the NHL – or the NHL – DOPS is like, oh, it was against the Coyotes. Who cares? And then they just move on. I always think, too, that there is a bunch of, um, you know, red tape, I guess, in it. They always cite certain things with it of this is what the what the rules say. This is where, you know, it becomes an actual, like, bad thing. All of that stuff is super subjective. It's on, along the same lines to me of what's goaltender interference, you know, mm-hmm. as a, what is, um, y- you know, what ends up being something 
that they are going to penalize someone for and what's something that they're not going to. It's highly, highly um, subjective to whatever they want it to be. And I think no matter what they do, it's always going to piss people off. But anytime that someone's not coming back from something, even if it's accidental, I still feel like there needs to be some type of penalty for it because of the fact that it needs to set that tone throughout the league. And some people will probably crucify me for that and saying, you know, why would you penalize someone for doing something accidental? It just uh, allows them to know that you need to be aware of yourself and your body on the ice. Things come quickly, completely understand that, but you still need to try and minimize injury in a league that has a lot of injuries. Yeah. It's the same thing as saying I accidentally ran that red light. Well, you still broke the law while doing it. And that's kind of what happened here too. Going through the replies here to NHL player safety. um, I want to read you some of them because we're not alone in thinking this is ridiculous. Uh, We have one person saying, Borowiecki may not have extended or directed his knee, but he knew exactly what he was doing, where the point of impact would be. Should have been disciplined, no doubt. Not his first time kneeing somebody. DLPS returning to forum, clown emoji. Uh, Another person said, I'm just glad Yaskin doesn't have to play on Arizona for the rest of the season. Lucky guy. Jeez. Uh, Somebody else said, this is a joke, right? Somebody else saying, are you kidding me? This is a joke. And I'm not going to read that one because it's kind of fucked up. Um... Uh, we have another one that says um, <laughs> uh, player safety is only a suggestion, I guess. And it goes on and on. Well, that's the thing is it's, it's, it kind of becomes a, a suggestion when you kind of get to these points where they would say, oh, well, we might do something. But then what they do is they end up completely brutalizing all of the players who are repeat offenders, right? So if you're someone who's a repeat offender, obviously you shouldn't get the same leniency that some other people would. But anytime the repeat offenders do something, they always freak out and do something drastic, right? In these situations, they need to treat everyone relatively the same on if there is, you know, a season-ending injury, there needs to be something on that, whether it was intentional or not, uh, just to try and help the safety of players and the fact that these are all human beings. These are all people who have to live with that the whole rest of their life. That injury could be a career ending injury. It could be something where they're going to have to rehab it and not be able to play the same way ever again. And it could hinder their career. There's so many things that go into this. They're not indestructible people. They are just humans like you and I that just have a lot better talent than we have. And um, so their safety should be like foremost what they are focusing their time and energy on and not on the, well, I don't know. It didn't really look like he did this or did that. It should be what's going to be the best standpoint to take to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Exactly. And this isn't going to be the last time Department of Player Safety does this because they do this all the time. It's been going on for for as long as the Department of Player Safety has been around. It's been absolutely ridiculous. And George Paros, I'm surprised he still has a job, to be honest. But alas, here we are. Uh, before we go, of course, I want to tell you about DraftKings. Sign up with the promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. And you can bet on the NHL because 
DraftKings is, is an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter how it's scored. If it's a Jacob Chikrin slap shot from the point, if it's a Jacob Chikrin shot from the slot like he scored his first goal on, it still counts. However, I wouldn't bet on the Coyotes to score many goals this year, just just FYI. Um, but you can win $100 in free bets. Again, if you sign up with the promo code THP and when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, you can throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if other team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Richie, speaking of injuries, you know what killed my NFL parlay today they had a special DraftKings special today uh-huh yes that was um you get an extra 33 percent mm-hmm. for doing a um anytime touchdown mm-hmm. rushing touchdown and uh my Minnesota Vikings pulled it out for me mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook had a rushing touchdown one of the people that I needed after that was Aaron Jones and look look at this photo. This photo is literally of him on the ground because he was injured just before they scored a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um I will just say injuries piss me the fuck off and no matter what sport they're in because they ruin everything. And I feel like people say these things about like fantasy football all the time, right? I don't play fantasy football probably probably because of that. Neither of us do. Yeah, I, I feel like it would piss me off all the time. But, like, what in the holy hell? Really? It was going to happen, and he had to have an MCL sprain. What is this? I'm just – I still say put in all of your bets, but I just – I got screwed today, and I had to tell someone, so I'm telling everyone. I I, I feel your pain. Not necessarily because of, of DraftKings and bets, which – Shout out to the Carolina Panthers for being the Arizona Cardinals for costing me money. The one time I decide to have any faith in the Arizona Cardinals, when it comes to betting, they fuck me over and they get their shit kicked in 34 to 10. I think it's karma for all the times you've shit on the Cardinals. Yeah. I finally get proven right for once about this team being a fraud. And then they go and, and, uh, and cost me money because of it. So anyway, my point being, I feel your pain about being about injuries because earlier in the week, Robert Woods tore his ACL and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. And so my Rams are down their second best wide receiver. And uh, I don't know how to feel about this. They did sign Odell Beckham Jr., which I was not much of a fan of earlier in the week. I I have literally told people in fantasy, and and again, some people are probably going to crucify me for this. He is so much of a hothead and so much of a cancer in the locker room. I would not have him on any even fantasy team because of the fact that he has the possibility of losing his shit and getting suspended at any given moment. No, no joke. He could just literally just lose his shit. He's such a like a volatile person. Yeah, there's a reason why he's 
been kicked out basically from two straight teams, the Giants and the Browns, is because he's a he's a he's a mess. However, I will say that apparently the reason why he chose to come to LA over going to Green Bay or New Orleans, who were his top two choices earlier in the week, was that apparently because uh, Green Bay already has their own cancer and his name is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right about that. Um, because I guess apparently led by Jalen Ramsey of all people, um, a lot of the Rams players like straight up like hold together in the middle of a practice and were like, "Hey Odell, come play for us. We want you to come here. Come win a Super Bowl with us." So he was recruited by the Rams players to come and play for them. So. Robert Woods is gone. Odell Beckham Jr. in. So I, I my point being, I feel your pain about injuries because um, it sucks to lose Robert Woods because I'm a big fan of his and um, he's a big part of the Rams' offense. And uh, with about half the season left to go, without their number two wide receiver, we'll see how this works out. But so I feel your pain. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I felt so disappointed today when that happened. But I'm I'm glad you understand my pain and. Um, I, I think if there is a sport where, you know, outside of hockey where injuries are so abundant that it's hard to keep track of them, it has to be the NFL. It just happens so consistently. And it's not the fake injuries, you know, it's not like a, a basketball, soccer type <laughs> situation where you're just like, oh, and they fall. I have a really hard time. I Let me tell you something as someone who – is a is a hockey fan first and then got into basketball later. The things that were called fouls really were a hard thing for me <laughs> because it just didn't look to be that aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. how is that a foul? <laughs> and it took me a very long time for someone to explain to me why that was considered a foul when literally in hockey you can half beat the shit out of a person. And nothing happens, yeah. as we've seen with yeah. player safety. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, but then someone in, in basketball, like, touches someone's arm inappropriately, and all of a sudden it's a foul. Yeah. And so it's just, I, I, that was one of the funniest things I think I've ever had to experience is learning the difference between the two. So it's probably why there's more injuries in, you know, in, in football and hockey, because it's a more physical sport. But still, they're, they're just frustrating. I, I agree with you. I agree. And uh, we're recording this before my Rams are playing on Monday Night Football. So we'll see how that goes. Don't fuck it up. The Cardinals lost. So that means the Rams win. They can be in a tie for first place in the NFC West. And I will say that um, uh, the Rams and Cardinals game coming up in a few weeks here, early December, it's on Monday Night Football. Um, I'm very excited about that game. Uh, I I know Corey and I had talked about on this show about convincing you to come with me to that game, but it's a Monday night football game. So I don't, there's no way in heck you're going to be able to make it across town to go to that game. Oh yeah. That's rough to make it to coyotes games. It was a two, two hour solid drive, Mm -hmm. which is why I will always tell people when I still, I've never gotten so pissed as when someone told me that the, um, What was it that the coyotes were in the perfect spot in because of Westgate is what, what they claimed was they were like, Oh, well they're in Westgate. That's so cool. It's a cool looking area and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, 
And the first thing I thought was, you have no idea mm-hmm. where that is in proximity um, to everything else in the state. Uh, that's so I was, yeah, I don't, I'm not even going to go into it again because it just gets me all dumbfounded. But um, in all reality, there's no way you can work in Scottsdale and come to a game afterwards. Yeah. It's just so hard. It's so hard to get on that all the way over to that side of town. It's, it feels not that far, but with traffic and with traffic constantly getting worse, I feel like it just, I may be there the next day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Sporting nation, be on the lookout for our next episode, the Taylor Swift song draft coming out on Tuesday. It's a very um, exciting, um, exciting uh, episode. I hope I hope you're excited for it. But uh, but we gotta go. So um, good night and good hockey, everybody.